Hi, everybody. It's Brian with Harvest Community Church or HarvestChurchEugene.com. I'm so glad that today you're with us. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do as we continue our worship today. I'm so thankful for the time we've had to let music minister to our souls. And I can't wait to study the Bible with you. But before we do that, I want to just mention a couple of things. As I always do, I want to mention our digital communication card. It's in the links on YouTube and on Facebook. You can find it on our website. Right, there are a number of ways to get there. But what we ask is that every week you fill out one of those cards. The reason we ask that is because we want to know what's fresh and new in your life, and we want to know how we can pray for you. And so please fill out one of those digital communication cards. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you. And of course, any of the commitments or any of the things we talk about today, you can let us know information about that on the card. If you're new today, and today is your first time watching with us, worshiping with us, or maybe you've been watching for a while now, but you've reached the place where you're ready to get a little more information, would you fill out one of those digital communication cards? Every time somebody new does that, we send $5 in your name and in each of your family members' names to our partners at Monroe Middle School right here in our neighborhood. Monroe has a fund that helps families in crisis, and we love to partner with them. In fact, we partner with them throughout the year in a variety of ways. So what we'd like to ask of you today is that not only you fill out that card, but that you be open to what God would do in your life today. We're continuing to talk about ways to grow in our faith. And we've challenged us over the last few weeks to be people who are growing in our love for Jesus or our love for people or our love for the people of the world. And of course, we should be growing in all these things, but we challenged us to pick one and grow in that for the next, we said, six weeks till Easter. So my question to you this morning, how are you doing at growing? If you haven't had the chance to jump in, you still can. There are links to each of our uh, private Facebook groups right there on YouTube and on Facebook in the links. We'd love to have you jump right in where we are. I also want to remind you of our reading bookmarks where we're reading through the Bible together. It's March. We've got a new bookmark, and we want to encourage you to be reading in the Word of God with us. And of course, all the things we started with Welcome Home you can continue to do. You can continue to commit or recommit to our membership covenant. You can continue to download information from our Discovering Harvest class. The Bible bookmark is there in the links as well. Our membership agreement form. All the things, if you're ready to partner and make Harvest your home, it's all there. I wanted to mention one other thing, and then I want to pray for us. Easter's not very far out at this point, right? about a month away. Who are you praying for for Easter? How would you like to help with the outreach we do this Easter? Who are you planning on inviting to be a part of our Easter services? And who are you praying to come to know the Lord through all of it? Would you begin doing all of that now? Asking God to do in your own heart what He would want to do in your life and asking Him to do in your friends' lives all He'd want to do in their lives as well. Would you be praying for that? And can I pray that for us today? Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you that your word is so good. And so, Jesus, we ask today that as we study your word, that you would grow us. And as we look to the next month, we ask that you would help us to grow in our love, that we would love as Jesus loves. 
Specifically, we'd love who Jesus loves. We ask that you would grow us in our faith, that our faith as we march towards Easter would become stronger and stronger and stronger. And Lord, we ask that you impress upon our hearts who we can invite to be involved in what you want to do this upcoming Easter season. And for that matter, who you want to be involved even this week. Jesus, we thank you for your death. We thank you for your resurrection. And Jesus, we thank you that in this chaotic world, nothing has stopped you from being God. And so Jesus, we worship you this morning. And we pray that you move and change and work in our souls now. In Jesus' name, your name, mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So back in the beginning of the year, you might remember, we started a, a new series. And we started the series called Stronger. And we called 2021 the year of bouncing back. We challenged all of us to memorize Galatians 6, 9. That let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. I hope you've been able to commit that to memory. And part of what we did as we made our way through the Stronger series is we began to talk about how battles in the spiritual realm really work, and specifically how to find strength in the Lord. In fact, the last time we were in the Stronger series, we said that to put on the armor of God in order to find the strength of God, is to become more like Jesus. I want to go back to that series a bit, and I want to take us through the rest of the armor of God, thinking through what it means to be and become more like Jesus. Today, we're going to go back to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and we're going to focus today on the belt of truth and on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But would you read with me in Ephesians 6? And as we read there, I want you to ask yourself this question. What holds my life together? What holds my life together? Ephesians 6, I'm going to start in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, and put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That is to say that it is not only against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." Now, I would remind us that in, in every sense, Jesus is all of these elements of armor for us. And we have talked about that before, so I'm not going to review that in detail. But I want you to realize that when we talk about truth and we talk about the word, that Jesus is both. 
And when we think of truth, I would remind you that our world tends to think of truth as something that's ever-changing, something that's sort of relative to you, relative to me. It can be my truth, and my truth can be to me different than your truth. Our world believes really in like relative personal truth, that truth can be whatever you want it to be. But this, friends, isn't biblical. Because truth is not determined. Truth is discovered. Truth is not determined by you. It is discovered outside of you. I mean, there are lots of examples of this, but I can want the earth to be flat, but the truth is still the truth, isn't it? I don't want the earth to be flat, just theoretically. I can wish that there was no God. I could, I don't, but I could. But then there's the truth that there is a God. I can believe all I want that gravity isn't real. But if I'm up on the roof and I jump off, I'm not going to fly. I would remember and remind us that the enemy that we battle against, those spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, the devil himself and all the demonic forces, that the devil, the enemy, is a liar and an accuser. And part of what I want you to think about today as we talk about truth is to ask yourself, what lies am I believing? And what truths of God am I running from? And I want you to consider that the easiest person to deceive in this world is probably the one in the mirror. That my heart and your heart is deceptive above all else. And so we come to the Bible and it says that if we're going to be strong in the Lord, that we need to stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist. That truth in many senses needs to be the center of my life. That the belt of the Roman soldier was that, that, that piece of, not so much armor, but dress that brought all the armor together. It was a belt that was made of leather, and it was used to gather all his garments together as well as to hold his sword. And so the, the image here is that the belt was very much a part of holding everything together, and it gave for the soldier a fortitude and a strength and a confidence and so Paul says to us, God says through Paul in the book of Ephesians, that truth is what holds everything together. That if the center of my life is truth, and specifically God's truth, because it's God's armor, then, then the armor is held together, and my life is held together. But if at the center of my life what is holding me together is lies, well, those lies really just become an illusion and the armor and my life both fall apart. And so the belt holds it all together. And he says the belt is a belt of truth. Now he goes on to, from there to say that we are to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I would remind us that the Word is truth. In fact, the only way we really know about truth about God is to know the Bible. So when I speak today of truth and I speak today of the Word, I'm talking about one and the same thing. And so I want you to look in the space inside yourself and ask, am I being honest with myself these days? Is there anywhere I'm deceiving myself? 
And in the space between you and God, I want you to ask, am I being honest with God? And is there anywhere that I'm not allowing God to be honest with me? And even in the space between you and other people, I would challenge you to ask yourself, am I being honest with others? Is truth balanced with grace and love in my life? Do I speak the truth and do I speak the truth in love? And when I use truth in my relationships and in my friendships and in my family, do I use truth more as a weapon or as a belt to hold my life together? You see, the one thing I want to convince us of today, the one thing this message is about, is this idea that truth will hold my life together, specifically God's truth. The truth will hold my life together, but lies will make my life fall apart because lies, as you know, begin to fall apart. And lies just look solid, but begin to crumble like dust. And lies are really an illusion. So if the belt is an illusion, then the sword falls off and everything else falls off. And and I don't have the armor of God to make me stronger. Remember again that the devil, the enemy, is primarily a liar and an accuser. And so it is truth that helps us battle those lies. And the key to stronger living is to remove the lies and replace them with truth. There are a lot of common lies we tell ourselves. Again, the easiest person to deceive could be said to be the one in the mirror. Have you ever told yourself these lies that my life would be full if I only had just this one other thing in my life and then you get it and then your life doesn't feel full? Or you tell this yourself this lie about your relationships. I can change that person even if I can't change me. Or how about this one? I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Or I must avoid pain at all costs because God couldn't possibly want or allow or use pain in my life. My life is harder than everyone else's. I have to make everybody else happy. I have no control over who I am or my feelings. I don't have a choice in this life. Can you see where so many of our struggles in daily life come from the things we believe that really aren't truth. And our struggle with truth is often fought in the mind and won in the soul. And so I want to give you, very quickly, as we run through Scripture today, five ways that God's truth will strengthen our lives. Five ways that truth will strengthen our lives. Number one, I am commanded here and elsewhere in Scripture to nourish my soul on the truth and diligence. As it says in the Bible, that I should study to show myself approved as one who correctly handles the Word. That I need to be a person who knows that the Word is truth. And I want to connect for you today the truth and the Word, right? The belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit. Because it was Jesus who said in John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. Here we're told in Ephesians 6 to stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist and is on that belt of truth that the sword of the Spirit would hang. And I want you to just realize 
that if I nourish my life on the truth and I regularly feed that truth into my life, that truth is going to begin to color me and change me so that I become something, someone different. But if I nourish and feed my life with not the truth and not the Word of God, but something else, I begin to change and become like whatever that something else is. You know, it's very easy in our world to live in an echo chamber where we listen to the same media all the time or we listen to the same ideas all the time and they just reverberate inside of us. And I actually want to ask you, pretty specifically, what is it that you're allowing to soak into your life? This is just a couple of tea bags. This is some water. But I want you to ask yourself, what am I on a daily, even even, even beyond daily basis, what am I feeding into my life? Because whatever you're feeding into your life is going to color you and change you. And the more you feed it and the longer you feed it, the stronger it's going to become. And so what do you most soak into your life? Is it something that's on your cell phone? Is it something in the media? Is it a certain kind of music or a certain sort of opinion that comes from other people? What is it that most soaks into your soul and into your life. Because whatever that is, and the longer you soak in that, you know as well as I do, it will change you. I'm suggesting that what we soak most into our lives is God's truth, the Word of God. To help us see that and understand that, I want to take us just a page back in the book of Ephesians today, and I want to walk back to Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to show you how this sort of applies to our lives when the truth begins to, uh, to define who we are, and the truth begins to work inside our mind and work inside our hearts. How are we changed? So again, I told you that what I was going to give you today was five ways that truth strengthens our lives. Number one, nourish my soul on the truth and diligence. That's what I soak into my life. Number two, I need to receive salvation from the truth in grace. That one way to strengthen truth in my life is to receive salvation from the truth. We could call the gospel the truth, but you might remember that Jesus himself And John 14, 6 said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so it is Jesus who is the truth. And I am to receive salvation from him, from the truth, in grace. The word speaks of this back in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to pick up Ephesians 4 beginning in verse 20. Just before verse 20, he's described a lot of ways that our hearts are broken and sinful. 
And I don't know about you, but I find it easier and easier and easier to look around our world and see how colored it is by the brokenness and sin of our world. And I don't just have to look and see that in the world. I can see it in my own soul. That there is nothing I can do to fix how broken I am. How sinful I am. And so... Paul writes the people in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.20, he says, he says those, those sinful, indulgent, impure, greedy ways, that's not how the way of life you learned. That's not when you heard about Christ and you were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. That's not the way of life you learned about. And I think... Very directly, Paul is simply saying that when you came to Christ, that the truth was to come into your life. And when Jesus came into your life, he came into your life to save you. Ephesians 4 is going to repeatedly emphasize this concept of truth. And if you need salvation today, if you would recognize, you know what? I have tried to do better and I've tried to keep the rules and I still feel guilty and I'm still broken and I've tried to change me from the outside in and I've tried to go on social media and paint that image and let that image be uh, you know, as perfect looking as can be and you've come to the place of realizing that those images are flawed and that that you don't need to be changed from the outside in, you need to be changed from the inside out, and that you cannot do it yourself. Well, then, my friends, Jesus is for you, because it's Jesus who puts new life inside of us. It's Jesus who died on that cross. It's Jesus who rose again so that he could live inside our souls and restore us from the inside out. And it's Jesus who changes our hearts. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you a chance to pray, to receive Jesus, to make Him your truth, your God, and your salvation. Number three, if I'm going to be stronger, if, 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 if I'm going to be stronger because I'm going to soak the truth into my life, and I'm going to be stronger because I receive salvation, and I'm going to nourish on the truth of that then number three, I'm going to be stronger when I define my identity by the truth. And I do it in faith. When I define my identity by the truth in faith. Because once I become a believer in Jesus, I need to begin to define my old life, my new life, and what my life is. I need it defined by Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 21 told us that the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, there's a lot here, and I can't explain all of it in just a few minutes, but I would certainly tell you that this means that when I receive Jesus, the old life is behind me, and that there is new life inside of me, and all those old ways of thinking, all the old ways I identified myself, that all those old ways are dead. 
and that I am to be made new in the attitude of my mind and that this is to be something that happens on an ongoing basis. And the practical reality of how this plays out is that every single day I need to recognize the lies I'm believing that the accuser, the enemy would throw at me and the way those lies are coloring my life, I need to realize that God has made me new, that I am his child, that I am adopted, that I am loved, that I am his. But you know what happens. We get saved. We're really excited about that for a season. And we get discouraged at some point in our life or maybe sin colors our life a little bit more and we think, man, I am just no good. And we begin to trash talk ourselves, right? And we begin to think, I'm just a failure. I'm no good or I'll never win or you know what? I'm a loser or I'm defeated. And Jesus says, you know what? You are loved. You are loved. That will never change. And if you've fallen down, get back up. I would tell you, when you have those kinds of thoughts that begin to define you, my suggestion would be, don't let those things, don't let those thoughts live rent-free in your head. But recognize that Jesus came to make me new And he put on, as this says, a new set of clothes on me. Righteousness and holiness. And so I need to throw out the old clothes and just wear the new ones. Someone much better than me has said that I need to put off the grave clothes and daily I need to put on the grace clothes. All of this is to say that I need my identity to be rooted in truth. And when I think, i got to give up because I'm a failure, that's not the truth, that's the enemy. When I think, you know what, I'll never get over this sin in my life, this particular thing that dominates me, that's not the truth, that's the accusation of the enemy. Now, is there conviction that comes from the Lord when I sin? Sure there is. But that conviction is to point me and draw me to Jesus and to convince me to let him soak into my life so that I become more and more shaped like him, which leads me to number four. The fourth way for truth to make me stronger in my life is to shape my character with the truth in honesty. That I want to shape my character with the truth and honesty. That when truth becomes a part of my life and it begins to color who I am more and more and more, that honesty becomes a part of who I am in my life. It becomes a bedrock piece of my character where it's not just an outer piece of clothing that I wear as the belt of truth, but it is truth that resides inside my soul. So Ephesians 4, verse 25, says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And in your anger, do not sin. 
And do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So I want you to notice how this is phrased. That when I feed on bitterness in my life, and when I let the lies of the enemy and the accusations that not only the enemy would make of me, but of other people, when I ruminate and reminisce and I just soak those through in my life, what happens is I give the devil, with all of that bitterness, a foothold in my life. And so he says, put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. Be angry? Yeah, everybody gets angry, but don't stay angry. Anyone, verse 28 says, who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And he's describing this lifestyle that begins to come up where the truth begins to reside in us and we begin to be a changed people where instead of stealing to get what we want, we're giving when it doesn't make sense. We're living with generous hearts to change and help other people. That I need to be a truth teller and i would remind us as it says in ephesians 4:15 that i am to be a loving truth teller ephesians 4:15 says instead speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ it's telling us that we are to speak truth but to always do it in love, and that this begins to shape my character so that I am changed, so that who I am and how I interact with others is changed. Which leads me to number five, the fifth way to become stronger in the truth is this to strengthen my relationships through the truth in love. To strengthen my relationships through the truth. In love. He's talking largely in Ephesians 4 here about relationships, and he has told us to speak the truth in love. And so he goes on to say, right, verse 25 said, Each of you must put a falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Mouth's plural, because we're one body, right? All of us but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, and get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." We turn a chapter here, but there's really no break in the thought. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. There's your identity again. You're a dearly loved child of God. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That my relationships are strengthened when I let the truth soak into me and through the truth in love, I begin to let that flow into my relationships. And that calls me to be a person who speaks truth, but also a person who speaks what is helpful and a person who speaks what builds up. And so truth becomes a filter for my words where I'm reminded that i got to use my brain. Abraham Lincoln once said, better to remain silent and be thought for a fool than to speak openly and remove all doubt. 
Ephesians 4 tells us no rotten words. That's that unwholesome talk he speaks about here. No hurtful words. No demeaning words. Truthful, building up kind of words. You're probably familiar with the the acronym THINK, right? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Notice that we started with true because the truth colors our lives. That's what it does in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, starts with true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That the truth becomes a literal filter in our minds. Where truth begins to filter what comes out of my mouth and what percolates in my soul. And truth even makes me a better listener in my relationships. And truth will replace the negative energy in my heart, the anger and the bitterness and the rage and the brawling and the slander. will replace that with kindness and compassion and forgiveness and grace and love. Someone has said that bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So often we feed ourselves on the poison and then wonder why our lives are falling apart. The reality is our mouths can be used in relationships for great destruction or great construction that we can build up or we can tear down. And this is reminding us over and over here in Ephesians 4 that yes, Christians get angry, but the question is not whether we will get angry, it's whether we will stay angry. And the solution is to let the truth of Jesus and the grace of Jesus invade your soul so that our relationships begin to be Christ-like and the way we live, and the way we think, and the way we interact with those around us. Because the truth tells me in the end that I may or may not have the right to get angry. Often I'm angry for the wrong reasons, if I'm honest. But I may or may not have the right to get angry, but I certainly don't have the right to stay angry because God didn't stay angry with me. Jesus put it all aside and gave his life to be the truth in my life. And this is how I fight the enemy. And this is how I fight my battles. And this is how I battle the devil. And this is how the word and truth will strengthen my life. That I am stronger in the Lord. So I want to come back and I want to ask you, does this make sense? Are you nourishing on the truth in your life, are you letting the truth change you from the inside out? Are you pushing the truth down deep into your soul, into your life, so that you are colored and changed in substance to become more and more and more like Jesus? What are you feeding in to your life. I hope it's the truth.
And I want to pray that for you today. And so I always end our services with two prayers. That first is a prayer of salvation. I told you a while ago, if you want to receive salvation, if you want to receive Jesus and have him be the truth in your life, you can do that right here, right now. And after this prayer of salvation, I'm going to pray a prayer of application where we apply a prayer of discipleship where disciples, that's you and I, as followers of Christ, work to become more like Jesus. Would you pray with me? If you want to be saved today, if you want to be forgiven today, if you want to know in your life today that God is in your life and that you will spend eternity with him in heaven, but that eternal life starts right here, right now, in this moment where the old is put away and the new is made new inside of you and all of Christ is put on and into your life. If you want that right now, just pray with me like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming into our world. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you that when they put you in a grave, you rose again to life. So Jesus, I admit that I am not only flawed and broken, but that I am a sinner, that I fall short. And Jesus, I turn to you right now And I ask you to take over my life and be the truth in my life and change me from the inside out. Make me like you. Jesus, be my God. Jesus, be in charge of me. Be my Lord. Jesus, take me as I am. And make me yours. Jesus, please do this, I pray in your name. Amen. The amazing, miraculous thing is that when we pray just like that, he does. And it's pure grace, friends. It's nothing we deserve. And so if you've made that decision today, I would love to hear that. If someone invited you to watch, they would love to hear that. In fact, if you'll let them know or you'll let me know, we would love to not only celebrate with you, but we'd love to share a little bit more information with you about what it means to be a Christian. We'd love to give you a Bible so that you have access to the truth in your life. We'd love to talk with you about what it means to belong to a church and be part of a church, to have a family, to walk with you through all of this life. Would you reach out to me? I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at HarvestChurchEugene.com. Brian at HarvestChurchEugene.com. You can also let us know on that digital communication card. We would love, uh, we would love to hear from you. I want to end today, again, as I always do with that second prayer, that prayer of application. If you made a decision to follow Jesus many years ago, but you find that you haven't been soaking on the truth much in your life lately, and that you need Jesus to be what it is that is nourishing your soul, would you pray this prayer with me as a prayer, as a disciple, as a prayer of application? Would you pray like this? Dear Jesus, be the truth in my life that holds everything together. Jesus, remove the lies and replace them with truth. Please nourish my soul in the truth. Thank you for being my salvation as the truth. Define my identity, Jesus, 
by the truth. And help me to never let go of that. Shape my character, Jesus, with the truth. Over and over, make me honest. Jesus, strengthen my relationships through the truth in love. That may I, may my relationships, may my world be changed to be more like you so that I can be stronger. Please, Jesus, do this in me. I pray in your name. Amen. I'm so glad that you're worshiping with us. I'm so glad that you prayed with us. Of course, any Sunday we would love to see you in person or we would love to see you online, whatever still feels safer to you right now. We're in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 1045 on the Harvest Campus. Of course, we're online at 9 a.m. as well. Through the week this week, I hope you're growing in your faith. Again, remember, you can still join one of our groups, our small groups that are meeting online for Harvest Loves Jesus, Harvest Loves People, or Harvest Loves the World. Those are in the links. In the meantime, if we can do anything else for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. I'll be praying for you this week that you'll be changed by the truth. Remember this, friends. We love you. I'll see you soon.